Hello. Is that good? Yes? Okay. Okay. Great. All righty. Well, I appreciate being able to talk with y'all. And um, I feel like this is what the Lord has given me to share. And um, it's what's our pliability quotient. Um, something that I know a lot about because there have been times when I've been really pliable and there have been times when I've not been very pliable. So, um, Lord, we just thank you for your blessing upon your word. Um, when I looked up on the internet, quotient, because, um, of course, I looked at pliability, but when I looked up quotient, um, I got all kinds of things that you could look up. Um, creativity quotient, um, there's a hospitality quotient, an empathy, emotional, a frugality quotient, an energy, a readiness quotient, all kinds of quotients. And so basically quotient means level. So we're going to talk about what our pliability levels are. And there are all various areas that you can have, um, that you have pliability in or that you don't have it in. And so this can be applied to anything in our lives. Um, what is pliability? Webster's definition of pliability is the property of being easily bent without breaking, being flexible. And the, uh, the, the thesaurus says um, some words that describe pliability are adaptable, easily led, flexible, limber, moldable, easily influenced or persuaded, adjusting readily, yielding, responsive, receptive, and malleable. Adaptable means able and usually willing to change. AudioEnglish.net says that pliable is an adjective. Um, and it had four uh, definitions for pliable. One being susceptible to being led or directed. Susceptible to being led or directed. Two, capable of being shaped, bent, or drawn out. Three, able to adjust readily to different conditions. And four, capable of being bent or flexed or twisted or breaking. Now, this is the something that the Lord has been dealing with me about. How pliable am I? How responsive am I? How susceptible to being led am I? How malleable am I? You know, there's a, there are different substances that are malleable. Uh, one of them is a metal, and it's gold. And when gold is heated, you know that it can be bent or twisted or shaped to form uh, a shape to be an object that is useful. Uh, something else that is malleable is soaked leather. When you um, put a liquid on leather, you can bend it or twist it or shape it or make it into um, a shape that is able to be used for something. And clay, it, depending upon its moisture level, it can be used, it can be molded, yes? And so what I want us to do tonight is to compare ourselves to these things. Are we pliable in God's hands? That's my question to us this evening. 
Are we pliable? And there are many different areas that we can think about, and there are many different levels. You, you, you are not going to be able to say, yes, I am pliable, or no, I am not, because there are many areas in your life in which you have different levels of pliability. And so this is sense in our higher standard, we're trying to come up to a higher standard then I'm asking us to take a look at what is what higher level can we come up to in our pliability. Uh, so why should we be interested? That's pretty much why we should be interested because we are endeavoring to come up to a higher level and God is interested in how pliable we are in his hands. Um, if we go to Isaiah 119, and I wrote out tons and tons of scriptures and, and I'm not gonna be able to get to all in 20 minutes, but um, we're gonna turn to some of them. So in Isaiah 119, it says, if you are willing and obedient, if we are willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. If we're interested in that, obedient is a form of pliability. Let's look at John 12, 26. John 12, 26. Says, Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. So we should be interested if we want to be honored. Philippians 2.3. Philippians 2.3. And I think I'm the only one. Philippians. Two, three. I can find Philippians. Philippians 2, 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Verse 2 says, Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. That is someone who's being pliable. It takes him humility to be pliable. When God's directing you to do something, it takes humility to be obedient to that and to be pliable enough to say yes. For Philippians 2.13 says, It's God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. It's God who works in us to make us pliable, and he's constantly drawing us to be pliable. He's working in us to mold us. Um, so Jesus is interested in our pliability. So we should be interested in it. Um, Luke 9, 23 and 24. Luke 9, 23 and 24. Jesus said, if anyone would come after he, me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So Jesus says that we have to take it up. We have to take it up daily. Pliability is something that we have to work on all the time. We have to, he wants us to bend, to bend our will to his will. Just like the gold when it's heated is bent. The leather when it's moisturized is bent. He wants us to bend our will to his will. That he wants us to have a spirit of willingness, moldability, and pliability. Luke 14, 11 says, 
that he will exalt us. And it, as we just said, it takes humbleness to bend your will. It takes humbleness to be led, to be receptive. Um, humble is not being proud, in its good sense, not being proud. No boastful pride or haughtiness. Someone who's haughty, it's hard for them to be pliable because they want to do things their way. Does the clay tell the potter what to do with the clay? No. And the Lord wants us to do what he would like for us to do. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. And some of these, I'm just going to read these off. And if you want to look at them up, you can. But they're all talking about why we should be interested, what the Lord thinks about pliability. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. John 14, 23. 1 John 2, 3. And 1 John 5, 3. I'm going to go to 1 John, though. 1 John 5.3 says, This is love for God, to obey his commands. So we show our love to the Lord when we are pliable, when we let him mold us and shape us. Um, Philippians 2, verses 1 through 18, talks about the attitude that Jesus had and how he left his rights and privileges as God in order to come and do God's will. And Philippians 2 says that we should have the same attitude, that we should be pliable enough to do what he wants us to do, whatever you want. 1 Thessalonians 4 says um, to control your body and to do what God wants you to do. Deuteronomy 6.3 says that it may go well with you, if you're pliable in God's hands, it will go well with you. And 2 John 6 says again, this, when you're pliable, you show God's love. When you're obedient, you show God's love. When you obey his commands, you show God's love. And so we should be interested in it because God is interested in it. He wants us to be pliable in his hands. He wants us to be obedient. And he's always drawing us to do so. Uh, what pliability is not... Uh, it's not inflexible, it's not rigid, it's not stiff, it's not unadaptable, it's not prideful, it's not unbendable or unyielding or brittle or stubborn. We need to think about, are we seeking to please ourselves? Is it my way or the highway? Are we self-absorbed or God-absorbed? And, you know, there are some things where we can be self-absorbed in some areas where we're God-absorbed. There are certain areas and levels in each of our lives. And so we can be looking at these different levels and these different areas and think. We need to examine ourselves. And, you know, periodically we need to examine ourselves. Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Are we responding to God the way he wants us to? Are we so self-absorbed that we can't see do we not know what he wants us to do? We need to think about that. So anyway, that's what it's not. Um, what hinders it? What hinders us from being pliable? Main things. Not enough time in the word. Not enough time in worship. Not enough time in prayer. And there are things that hinder you from doing that. And here's a little list of things. I can look at my own life and I could find plenty to list. So these are some things that help you. 
that hinder you from being in the Word, from being in worship, and being in prayer. Self-absorption. Busyness. Too many commitments. Too much work. Family demands. Not prioritizing your life. Not quieting your mind. Too much TV. Overly committed to natural things. Not continuing to develop your spirit to control your flesh. Being hurt by people or situations. When you're you're hurt or you've had deep disappointments that can keep you from the word. When you're angry with God or with people or with situations, that can keep you out of it. Anger left to fester turns into bitterness, and that will keep you from submersing yourself in the word. Unforgiveness will keep you from it. Bitterness, the Bible says, is a root. And it is meant, bitterness is meant to strangle you and to stop our progress. That's what bitterness is for, to stop our progress. Keep hearing this clicking noise. So, Ephesians 4.31 and Hebrews 12.15 tells us about bitterness. Not to let it stay. To get it out. One thing, when you think about a root, it grows. And this was a real revelation to me at one point, that roots grow. If they're not pulled out, if they're not cut out, or if they're not burned out, the word will burn out bitterness. The spirit will help you cut out and pull out bitterness. And if you don't get rid of it, it results in certain levels of, your, of our withdrawal from God, from the word, from worship, and from people. There was a certain time when I would come into church and just, I'd be here for church and then I'd leave. I wouldn't hardly talk to anybody because I had all this stuff that I was, had been in there for a long time. And um, it, it, it draws you away. And so you have to get it out because it is, very detrimental. So how do I how do we cult, how do we cultivate pliability? Well, first we need to examine ourselves and see where we're at, and see what areas we need to be more pliable in, what areas we refuse to give into, what areas the Lord has been continuing to bring to us, and we continue just to kind of ignore it and say later. I'll deal with it. And then you may be responding, and you may respond in levels. um, Some people, they'll take one great big jump, and then they've gone up 10 levels. And for others of us, it's line by line, little by little, step by step, you get out of it, and you get better. 
uh, Romans 12 says that we need, to re- we need to renew our minds. That's how one way we cultivate it. We renew our minds through the word of God. Let's read 2 Corinthians 5.18. 2 Corinthians 5.18. Well, we'll start with 17. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creature. The old is gone, the new has come. And all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciled the world to himself in Christ. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. I'm not sure that that's really the one I wanted to pick out there, but that was good. But the Bible says we need to renew our minds that if we do not renew our minds to the word of God, it stays in its prior state. Once our spirits are changed, we need to renew our minds, and that never, ever stops. Colossians 1.10 says that you are to grow. we are to grow in the knowledge of God, not to obtain the knowledge of God, but to grow in the knowledge of God, to continue to grow, to continue to change, to continue to move forward. Hebrews 12 says to fix our eyes. Fix our eyes on the Lord. Fix our eyes on the word. And that's not a glance. To fix is really to focus and to stay focused. And if we fix our eyes on the word and stay focused on the word, it will cultivate pliability, moldability, responsiveness within us. Hebrews 12, 3 says to consider him to consider Jesus and what he went through and what his example is to us. And he is our example. And he was ultimately pliable, doing what he not necessarily wanted to do at the time. He was, he was so responsive and so pliable in God's hands. So cultivating it by staying in the word of God. Um, Jude 20 says to pray in the Holy Spirit and build ourselves up. We cultivate it by praying in the Holy Spirit. Philippians 14.8 says to guard what we think about. We can cultivate pliability by guarding what we think about. What do we think about? The Bible says, what does the Bible say in Philippians to think about? What is good, what is noble, what is true? The word. That's what we're to think about. Sometimes you can find yourself thinking about things that don't line up with that at all. And that hinders our pliability. It really does. Uh, Especially when you think about those things that you're supposed to be forgetting and moving past. Um, Forgiveness. We need to forgive. And that will help us to cultivate our pliability. That helps us to begin to pull out those bad roots, to pull them out, to cut them out. So growing growing in the Word, staying in the Word, growing in the knowledge of God, fixing our eyes on Jesus, praying in the Holy Spirit, guarding what we think about, walking in forgiveness. Colossians 1 says to cultivate an attitude of thankfulness. We are to cultivate. And cultivate does not just happen one time. Again, it's a periodic thing. It's a continual thing. To cultivate an attitude of thankfulness. And there are so many scriptures that we could pull out that talk about thankfulness. 
to be thankful in every situation, not for everything, but in everything, to be thankful in everything. We are to be thankful. We are to cultivate an attitude of thankfulness and not grumbling and complaining. We are to overflow with thankfulness. That's like a cup. You know, the, the cup, you're the cup, we're the cup, the Holy Spirit's in, it's overflowing. When it's overflowing, we're overflowing with thankfulness. Another thing we can do to cultivate pliability is to forget the past. And that's a hard one. Philippians 3.13, to forget which is behind. You know, you always hear the person say, you can't drive forward while you're looking in the rearview mirror. Well, that's a lot easier said than done, but we really do need to forget the past because it just hinders us. That's a biggie. You need to sub we need to submit ourselves. There are so many scriptures here. There are in 1 Peter 2, um, in 1 Peter 3, all over the place in James, uh, James 4, James 2, all, you know, just all over throughout the whole New Testament. Um, and if we had a lot of time, we could go through them all, but it says submit yourself. Submit yourself to who? Submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to your husband. Submit yourself to your family. Submit yourself to your um, employer, your employer, employer, uh, do what's right to your employees. Um, husband, love your wife as you love yourself. It's, it's all submitting, it's submitting, submitting, submitting. We need to submit ourselves. First of all, of course, we need to submit ourselves to God and to the word, but to submit yourself is a big one. Do what the word says in James. Don't just hear what it says. Don't just read it. Do. Be a doer of the word. If you love God, you're going to be obedient. If we love God, we're going to be obedient. We're going to do the word. The Bible says if you just listen to the word and we just hear the word and we don't do anything with it, it's no good for us whatsoever. So we need to be doers of the word. Hebrews 12 says, consider Jesus' pliability. He is our example. Philippians 2 says, adjust yourself. We need to adjust ourselves. 1 Corinthians 14, follow the way of love. That will help us to be pliable if we follow the way of love. Love is patient, kind. What is love? If we follow the way of love, that will help us to be pliable. We are to cultivate tenderness towards God. That helps us to be pliable. Colossians 3, 16 and 17 says that we are to continually to water the soil of our hearts with the water of the word. Like the slow, slow, um, easy rains on soil makes really good soil. Continual slow rains. And so if we keep ourselves in the continual rain of the Holy Spirit, he will soften our hearts and help us to be pliable. We're to stay in church and allow our friends to comfort, encourage, and urge us. Even when we're not, at times, you know, we're not doing, we're not being very pliable, we're not being very receptive, and our friends will encourage us and help us, and then that's what we're to do for others when they're in those spots. Um, we're think like clay. It has various levels of moisture, and the very, depending on how much level of a moisture it has, makes it pliable or not pliable. And many things can make it hard. So we are to be like clay. If, we, if clay is left unsealed and open to the elements, it can become dry and brittle and unusable. And if we are left unsealed, 
if we do not seal ourselves up with the word and the Holy Spirit, then we will become dry and brittle and unusable in whatever area or situation. So we are to seal ourselves up with the word and the spirit. And what will result? Blessing in all areas. Grace 4.6, James 4.6. Grace 4.6. James 4.6 says he gives grace to the humble. Those who humble themselves and become pliable, he gives grace to us. It takes humbleness to be pliable. James uh, 4.10, he will lift us up. First Peter, he will lift us up. Good works will come about. Ephesians 2 says good works will come about when we are pliable. The body of Christ, we'll be able to fulfill our spot in the body of Christ, and it will not be lacking, and good works will result. You know, we've each got a spot, we've each got a place, we've each got something to do. And if we're not pliable enough to do it, then there's a hole. We don't, we don't, we should not be the cause of a hole. Second Corinthians says we'll please God. That's what we want. We want to please God. First Corinthians 12 says that the body of Christ will be more effective if we're doing our part, if we're being pliable, if we're allowing ourselves to progress, if we're allowing ourselves to be turned and molded and shaped, we're going to help the body of Christ be more effective. The gifts will be able to operate. If you've got your gifts shut up and you're not using it for whatever reason, that's hindering you, hindering God's plan, hindering the local church, the local body, hindering the um, entire body. Because you are important. We are important to the plan of God. And if we're not pliable enough to get past whatever it is that's hindering us and keeping us from it, then we are hindering things, not only ourselves. So we need to be pliable. I should have turned off my phone. And the various parts of the body can move. They all have enough grease, enough muscle. The ligaments will be supported by the muscles. It'll be able to move without being a cripple. And so we are called to be, oh, and, and people will be drawn to Jesus if we're doing what we need to be doing and if we're being pliable and responsive and yielding. We are called to grow. So we need to examine ourselves, see what areas we can improve in, and then and, and do it. Um, one of the main scriptures that Pastor Diane has been using is 2 Corinthians 3.18. We who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. Yes, with ever-increasing glory. And so, Pastor Diane would like us all to recite, to recite, to recite the pledge together, and it's in the back of your book, the Higher Standard Pledge. So, should we all recite it together? Uh, so we'll just start off with the very beginning, I commit. Ready, get set, go. I commit to live a higher standard in my thoughts, words, and actions. I was made to reflect God's glory. I will go into strict training to get a crown that will last forever. I will train my mind to think about things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of my tongue. I will use my words to bring life. 
I will not let any unwholesome talk come out of my mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up, that it may benefit those who listen. God created me to do good deeds and has given me the ability to do good deeds. I commit to let my actions glorify God. I will test my thoughts, words, and actions with the following four tests. Are they pure? Are they fruitful for God's kingdom? Am I in faith? And most importantly, are they motivated by love? People will know I'm a Christian by the way I love my brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I am trusting to lead more people to the Lord this year than I have ever done before. Amen. Thanks, ladies.